Hello, and welcome back to Spoiler Alert. I'm your host, Emily Renshaw, and this week we'll be looking at Audrey Gray's Oathtaker, book one of the Kingdom of Runes series. Sit back, relax, and let's begin. Before we jump into the story, I have a couple of things that I'll say before getting into it, just some background information like I would usually do. So the first thing I want to say is, out of all of the books I've reviewed, books and series, all of that, this is the first series that I am looking at that I've never read before and that I've never heard of before. And something very funny, I think, is when I was trying to figure out what book to read, I went to the library because I was like, I don't want to really read a book I've already read. I want to try a new book that I've never fully even heard about before. So I went to the library and I literally judged a book by its cover. I thought that the covers looked cool, so I picked it up, I opened it, read the little blurb, and boom, I was like, this is the book I'm going to read. And it's, so something about it also, I guess I should say, it's a series and I had to do some research on this while I was in the library and then even afterwards because I wasn't sure. But at my library, or at the local library here, there were only three books for this series. And after doing some more research, I found out that there are four, but my library doesn't have the fourth book. So we're only going to be getting the first three books of the series. And that's very strange. And I apologize for if that's weird. But we only have books one, two, and three, which will be the episodes in the coming weeks for this podcast. And with all of that in mind, we're also, I'll say something else about the book, and it's really pertaining to the story. So I'm going to call this, we're jumping into the story now. So something about this book, any, if anyone knows anything about me, any of my close friends, I've gotten into reading a lot, especially within the last year, like school year-wise. So one of the series that kind of pushed me into it is by none other than Sarah J. Mass, and it was the A Court of Thorns and Roses series. It's a really good series. I love that one. I didn't review it, though, because all of those books are really long, and it would have been very difficult for me to do that for this. So I was reading, like, the first little blurb in the book. I read the first chapter while standing in the library, and my first thought for a couple of reasons when reading this is I'm like, this is kind of knockoff A Court of Thorns and Roses and Throne of Glass because I've read, I've only read the first two books of Throne of Glass, but this book feels like if A Court of Thorns and Roses and Throne of Glass, both by Sarah J. Mass, came together and had a baby. Even more so to the point where one of the characters' names, if you've ever read the series, you're gonna laugh at this, one of the characters' names is Archeron, which, for those who don't know, the main character in the Court of Thorns and Roses' last name is Archeron, so I thought that was hilarious, and I texted my friend who got me into that series, and I was like, yo, have you read this before? And so now I have to tell her about the book too, but this series really reminded me of that, so I was kind of cool to read it, I was excited for it, so we'll kind of jump into the story now, and the way we usually do this, we'll start with meeting our main character, and our main character's name is Haven. Haven is a mortal girl, and she at one point was in slavery. She was enslaved to something called the Devourers, and the dude's name was Damius, and he bought her from this kingdom called the Solus people. Solus, not Solus. He bought her from the Solus people, 
and he enslaved her for many years. She was about eight years old, I think, when this happened. So she was young, and she got sold into slavery. And at some point, a prince from a neighboring kingdom ended up saving her from slavery and took her in, and she ended up becoming his royal companion guard, which is the guard who is in command over his protection when it comes to different events, which relates to the story in a minute. And so she is, she doesn't know anything about where she was from originally. She can't remember anything before eight, and I'm noticing that that is a pattern in the books I choose. If you remember the Paranormalcy series, very much the same. The girl doesn't remember where she came from. So Haven is the royal companion guard, and her job is to keep Prince Bellamy, which she calls Prince Bell, safe from any harm. And the book opens with her going into the forest outside the wall. Now, there is quite a bit of lore in this book, because it is a pretty hefty series, I will say. And... I cannot remember for the life of me all of it, and I'm going to say this now, and I'll probably repeat it at the end. This book was very difficult to get into to the point where I almost stopped reading it and chose a different book to read and was just going to wing it with a whole different series or book, but I decided that since I had already checked out all three books and was already pretty much committed to this, I need to stick it through, and I'm glad I did because it ended up picking up in the end, but... For the life of me, the beginning was so boring that I just don't fully remember it, and that's really bad, but I'm going to do my best to recall what happened in the beginning, but I remember the end of the story a lot better, because the beginning is just heavy story building, world building, which is necessary, but very boring. So now back to the story. Haven has run out into the forest that is outside this wall. This wall protects the kingdom of Penrithian from being taken by a curse, and this curse was placed after a war between the Solus and the Noctis, which are two warring people, the Solus being of the sun and the Noctis being of the darkness and kind of death, and what happened in that, the way the curse started, was there were two people, and they were gods, I believe, and I don't remember the goddess's name, but the god's name was Otis, and they were in love, but something happened to the point where they ended up fighting. Someone killed someone important in one of their families, and they ended up fighting. So there was an all-out war, and the Solus ended up joining teams with the mortal people and knocked all of the Noctis people into the the world that they call the Netherworld or the Nether Realm. which use your imagination to what that relates to, if you will. So Haven has gone into the forest that is cursed because after this war happened, the Noctis people set a curse over everyone and it completely ruined everything for the mortals and for the Solus. So before this curse was put in place, the mortals had powers too. And there, there were these things called runestones and they helped power the mortals' magic basically. And whenever this curse happened, there was a new law put in place, and mortals couldn't wield magic anymore. It was generations before where Haven was born that they still had magic, and they no longer do. They don't mess with magic. It's illegal. And on top of that, it's light magic that's illegal, which when I was reading that, I thought that was weird, because usually in stories, it's dark magic, but... We learn a little bit more about that throughout the story. I just thought it was weird at first. So they have runes and they the runes empower the people. And if you're born with light magic, the Shadow Queen, I don't know how to say her name. See, okay, I'm going to pause here. The thing about fantasy novels 
is they're very cool and they have very fun names, but the biggest problem is I don't know how to pronounce half of them. And that's been my problem for many series that I've read, that I just make up random pronunciations in my head. So that's just, I think her name starts with an M, so we're just going to call her Queen M. So Queen M has a right to anyone who at some point shows that they have magic. And so now we can jump back to where Haven was. Haven went over the wall and she was hunting and there's this thing, there are different things called shadow lords and sun lords and they are the beings that fall from the Noctis and the Solus that still exist but it's just not as powerful as it used to be with the curse going around. So Hollis is out in the forest and she does this often and she's tracking some of the dark creatures that are out there. And every, I think it's every month, there's this thing called the Devouring, where the, I think they're called the Devourers, go out and they go and kill creatures that are in the forest. I liked that there was so many beasts in this forest. And another thing about Haven is that she's very not, she's the kind of girl where she's not like other girls. She doesn't wear dresses. She does everything to oppose what would be a norm for a lady in the court. So keep that in mind with her character. So she's out in these woods and she's fighting people. And this is like chapter one. This is going on. And this thing called a Shadow Lord appears, and usually whenever they appear, they kill whatever is in the way. But this Shadow Lord, we later learn, is named Stolas. Like, uh, what is it? There's a show where there's a character named Stolas, and I thought that was funny. But this character is named Stolas. He's a Shadow Lord, Shade Lord. I don't remember if it's Shadow or Shade. Anyway, he's out there, and he sees her, and he they start fighting, and she tries to shoot her arrow at him, and... He turns her bow into a snake, and so she is like, he's gonna kill me, and he doesn't. And so she tries to stab him, and when she does go to stab him, he lets her stab him. And there's blood on her knife, but she's able to get away, because usually, like I just said, they try to kill the creatures that are in the forest. So when Haven is running back, she's confused, and she has her knife in her mouth while she's climbing down the tree. So she's running, and she realizes that his blood, like, she can taste his blood. One thing about this is they, the author, Gray, really explained, like, scents that were in it. And I remember this one being cinnamon. Like, his blood tasted like cinnamon, which was really weird to me, too. I was like, this is an interesting book. So, continuing. She gets back to the wall, climbs over. And something else about this book is it has a couple chapters where it will switch perspectives between some characters, which that is a very heavy, people fight, argue over it a lot in the book community, because some people really like it and some people don't. I think it's okay. I think if used correct and used well, it can be cool. So I thought this worked well. So this chapter ends and she's running into the castle where she lives, climbing over the wall so she can be safe. And when the next chapter picks up, we meet a new character, the man I mentioned earlier, Archeron, who is a Sun Lord from the Solus Kingdom. And he is trapped, or not trapped, but he's kind of tied, I guess you would say, under slavery to the king of where she works. And she doesn't know he's there. He's very, very, we'll learn about him more in a minute. We'll get on him in a minute. She's running through, but she doesn't know he's watching him. So now we're in his perspective and he comments how this girl always runs out and that she's so dumb and one day she's gonna get herself killed because of leaving the palace walls one day and not taking care of herself and not being more careful like she should be. But she doesn't know he's there and that's all that happens in that chapter with him switching between. I know that at one point he's like, I'm just not gonna acknowledge her anymore. It doesn't matter. She's mortal. They don't matter. They're insignificant. Because much like any other book in the world that covers fey mortal or like goddess god mortal, he's very much like, ew, you're beneath me, human. So keep that in mind. 
Um, so we follow Haven again after this, and the next day she wakes up, and it's the day of Prince Bell's Maroon Day, which I, what I related this to was kind of a birthday, but I'm really not sure what this really is, so we're just gonna roll with it's a birthday, and if not, it's fine, whatever. I'm doing my best here, you know. So on the Rune Day, Haven gets back to the castle, and she runs to her room, and she gets ready, and she has a lady's maid only because her friend, so something about her, her and Prince Bell are best friends, so she just calls him Bell. His name's Prince Bellamy. Bell's the nickname she has for him. So they're besties. And he told her that she needs to have a lady's maid just because she is so high up in, like, authority, I guess you would say, in the kingdom. So she does have a lady's maid, and it's a very cute relationship. So she gets back to her room, and she goes and changes, and she's getting ready, and her lady's maid is like, yo, you know, you could actually dress like a girl for once. She's like, but then I wouldn't be me, and I thought that was really funny. So she gets dressed, and she goes to find Prince Bellamy in the library because that's where he likes to spend all his time where Haven is very much heavy on fighting and war and using weapons and all of the big battle stuff Prince Bellamy is very much not which is very important to him because he is the second son of the king and where he lives and his mother died giving birth to him and his brother died I think he was fighting in something so the king doesn't really like Prince Bellamy that much. He's very rude to him because he's very weak. And that's not just like, he's weak. He doesn't do much sword fighting. He wasn't, he was trained in it, but he didn't take to it like he did books and knowledge and all of that. So the prince spends a lot of time in the library reading and learning about the different kingdoms, which in my opinion, I feel like that's really important if you're going to become a king. If you don't know everything going on in all the kingdoms, are you really doing a good job being a king? That's just my professional opinion. She goes into the library and finds Prince Bellamy, and they're sitting there, and they're, he's reading a story out aloud to her, and this is on Sunday of Rune Day. So he's sitting in the room reading out, out loud to her, and she's on the floor, and she's drawing, and she ends up drawing the creature that she saw in the forest and he's watching her draw and something we hear later in the book because at one point we switch to the prince's perspective he says she never really listens to my story and i thought that was funny because this is like way later in the book and in this she's like i love listening to his stories i pay attention so i thought that was really really funny and really cute but She's sitting there drawing, he's reading off the story, she's listening to him, and they're living their best life, and they hear the door open to the library, and they hear the voice of a li oh, I forgot, super important part. So, it's his rune day, and Haven knows this, and she got him a gift. The gift is a rune, if you remember me saying a second ago, the runes allow for mortals to use magic, and if a mortal is caught using light magic, they get taken into the shadow kingdom by the queen. And Haven ends up giving Prince Bell a rune, but it's for protection. He, she gives it to him in hopes that he will stay protected from getting taken by the queen. And because they don't know if he'll have powers, he is from a family of people who used to be, I think they, oh, whatever they called, light wielders. Um, so some, that's just what they call the people who can use light magic. So there hasn't been one in centuries, like over a hundred years, basically. I think it was like his great, great grandfather, actually. It may, there hasn't been one and no one thinks it's going to be him. Now back to where I just was. <laughs> They're sitting there. She's given him the gift and he takes it, puts it in his pocket and they go on about their business reading and drawing. And then the door opens to the library and his, not his stepmother, cause his father didn't remarry, but his father's mistress comes in. Her name is Cressida. 
and she starts yelling at him, and she is very annoying. I will say that right here, right now. She's very annoying, and she has a son who is also very annoying. So the mistress comes in and starts yelling at Belle that he needs to get ready and go to the party and start getting prepared for this big celebration for his rune day. And she starts just tearing him a new one. And here's the deal. This book is good at targeting things like race. And there's even some same love interests in the book. So if you're into that, this book would be really good for you. So in this part of the book, she starts tearing him a new one. His father is from one kingdom. And his mother was from another kingdom. His father is white, is described as white. And his mother was described with dark, tawny skin. And so there are, much like in the real world today, there were some prejudices against him, which his father married the lady, like, willingly. So that's why I was a little confused. But I think the problem with Cressida being upset was that she's jealous that the king will never love her because he didn't remarry her, remember that. So the king would never love her as much as he loved Belle's mother. So there's a whole lot of drama there. And Belle and his father also have a really bad relationship because Belle is not what he expects of a king and his brother was, but he didn't have any control over his brother. And I also want to say it's probably because when he was being born, his mother died. So that's another thing that the king holds against him, not that he can control it. So the lady comes in, starts yelling at him, tearing him a new one. And as his protector, Haven, is sitting there and she's like, I wish I could, like, she literally says, I wish I could kill this woman. I'm so tired of her being mean to Belle for no reason. She tears him a new one and he's like, whatever. And she walks away and Belle is very sad, and I am going to say he's a very weak and meek character. Afterwards, he starts crying because of it, and that's not something he does often. He doesn't, well, he does, but he doesn't do it in front of Haven because Haven doesn't like the way it makes her feel. It makes her feel really sad, and it's just a weird situation, and I hate that the that that happens for that character. After this happens, they go, and they start getting ready for the ceremony. So what's going to happen is... They are going to go down the King's Street and they're going to go to the temple where Prince Bell will be going through his rune ceremony. And so they receive a rune to see if they have the magic and if not, they're basically like kind of crowned to be a new king or pushed in as the new king or growing. I really don't know how rune day works. If you want me to be honest, I'm reaching so hard right now for this, so it's fine. But for this, they have to go down the King's Road. So Haven goes down being his protector and tries to clear out the road, look and make sure everything's okay. And when she gets there, she sees it's crowded. And she's like, there's no way our huge entourage is going to be able to get through here. So she goes back to the palace and they're eating for the ceremony. They're just eating, having a party, basically a festivity, if you will. And she goes to the table where she sits with the king and Prince Bellamy because that's where she belongs at his side. And they're talking and they're discussing a, a whole bunch of things as royals would do. And she goes to the king and she's like, the road is full. There's no way we're going to... Well, there, there was discussion before this, but she's like, the road is full. There's no way we're going to be able to get through it with all the people that are on it. And this, obviously, with the character of Cressida and the son, I can't remember his name. That's just how annoying and how much I do not care about him. Watch me flash forward in the next episodes and love the character. It's usually what happens. Whatever. <laughs> But Cressida's like, but we always take the royal road for this kind of thing. Won't we still do it? And I was like, you're so annoying. Do you not understand? Because Haven's just trying to keep Belle safe. So the king's like, of course, we're going to go down the road still. So flash forward, they're making their way to the temple. And much like Haven said, it was extremely crowded. And 
something about the kingdoms with all the wars and all the things going on, they're trying to find a way to break the curse. And the king sends all his best men every once in a while to go and find how to break the curse. And so they don't really have armies anymore because the king has basically killed all these people in a fruitless effort to break a curse that they obviously have no power to break. So they don't have any guards. And Haven is very stiff, and she isn't enjoying her time going this way. And so, if you remember a character I mentioned a second ago, Archeron, he is under the king's control, and he is there to protect the king. And that's important for the story. So, they're going through, and they end up passing through a gate. And this is when we get to the part where they're by the curse-sick people. And these are people who kind of, I guess the best way to describe it is they lost their soul. But they're sick and they're still living. So, that, like, if you get bit by them, I guess, or scratched by them, they can kill you. And this is when Haven's like, dude, we should have taken a different road. We would have been safer. She's so mad at this point. This character gets very angry very easily. And I kind of like her. She's a meh character to me. This book is very meh to me. I'll go ahead and give y'all that. This book is very... It's okay. I'm still going to read the rest of the books that I have because I'm committed, but they're just okay. So maybe it'll get better throughout the series. Anyway, they're going through the place and the people start attacking. The cursed sick people start attacking and they're like, go, 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 leave, leave, leave. And the king turns and he's like, let's go. And he leaves his son and Haven's angry by this. She's like, what the crap? And so she had been talking to Archer on earlier about this. And she's like, if it comes to protecting him, are you going to help me protect Prince Bellamy? And he said, my orders are to protect the king. And I'm like, you're annoying too. A lot of characters in this book are annoying. So the king starts to turn away and Archeron's following him. And Haven's staring at him like, yo, you gonna help? So he looks over and clears a path. And so after this, Haven and Prince Bell and her horse, Lady Pearl, are all... Yes, her name is Lady Pearl. I really like it. Anyway, they're all running. And they get into a part of a forest. And so they think they're safe. And Haven turns around and sees... Prince Bell and then sees a monster and so whenever they see this remember Prince Bell has runes on him she turns and he like he uses magic and he knocks out the creature and this is when Haven's like oh crap my friend's about to be taken by the dark people this is scary so she's like oh my gosh it didn't happen it didn't happen and she's playing it off like it didn't happen nothing happened so she ends up getting him back to the temple and he's all disheveled his father's angry because he was late but his father didn't do anything to save him, so I'm like, whatever. So they get there, and the ceremony for Rune Day starts happening. So basically, I don't really remember what happens in it, but I know that they go in, and they receive a rune, and they get recognized for something. And so Bellamy is in there, Prince Bellamy's in there, and all of a sudden, everything gets dark, and Haven and Archeron are standing over there, and they're like, what's going on? What just happened? And they hear something, and this is when all of the Noctis come in, and they start fighting, and the Shade Lord from the forest is there, and they basically, the Shade Lord ends up freezing time, and Haven's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm here to take back what is rightfully the Queen's. So he goes up to try and take Bellamy, and Haven's like, yo, you can't do this, I'm supposed to protect him. And so everyone else is frozen in time, except Haven, and Haven was a little confused, so she runs to try and attack him, but he freezes her before she can, so she can't attack him, and she can't protect Bellamy. And he ends up taking Bellamy, and she gets angry. He leaves, and everyone's freaking out, and she doesn't know what to do. So flash forward a little bit, 
And all of the lords and the king, or I guess they're all kings, all of the kings are in a meeting room, and Archeron's in there. And in this meeting room, there's, like, a little separate room that Haven is able to go to so she can listen to the meeting, too, and figure out what they're doing. And during the meeting, they decide that Archeron is going to go, and he's going to find Bellamy and save him. So the king goes, Archeron, you're going, and you will bring back the prince, and you will break the curse, something like that. I don't remember exactly if it was to break the curse, or just bring back Prince Bellamy. It's one of those things, though. So, Archeron leaves, and Haven decides she's gonna go, too. She wanted to go anyway, but she wanted to listen in on the meeting in case she found out some valuable information, which she doesn't, sadly. So, Haven has this bag of runestones, and that's what she's gonna use to try and get through to the dark place, I don't remember, I think it's called the Bane, so she's gonna try and cost the Bane, and she needs the runestones in order to pay for that, so she's walking down the hallway to go back to her room after listening in on the meeting, and Archeron appears, and so she's like, what do you want, and they start arguing, and she gets angry, and after the argument, she brushes onto her room, and she's like, I'm so glad to be rid of this place and leaving, and when she gets to her room, she starts to look for the runestones. It's a little bag of them. And she finds out that Archeron stole them so that he could use them whenever he went and tried to cross the bane. This leads to Haven following Archeron through the forest. And for a little bit, she tracks him because she has a tracking rune in there that she can see where they're going. And by the time it hits nightfall, she catches up with him. And during this time, she also realized that it was probably not the smartest thing for her to try and do this because she doesn't have any magic and she's not the strongest so she doesn't know how she's going to protect herself so she's trying to think of that but really she's angry at this dude for stealing her runestones so by nightfall she catches up with him and he's with a group of other soulless people and it's a queen and an ashari warrior from a couple of different soulless tribes after haven catches up with them she thought she was being really sneaky but she finds out she wasn't and he whenever she catches up to them archeron is like i'm glad you finally caught up with us come and be with us or something and she was gonna try and steal no what happened what happened was she catches up with Archeron and the soulless people and when she gets to them they're asleep so she wait well they're eating food but she waits for them to fall asleep because she's gonna try and steal the runes back so she gets up to him after they fall asleep she sits in a, in a spot for an hour and she walks up to them after she sees them fall asleep and when she gets to Archeron and she tries to steal the runes he wakes up and starts laughing at her now remember earlier being a soulless Archeron binds humans and mortals to be very beneath him if you will so he wakes up and he's like what are you doing here mortal and they start arguing again but then all the other three soulless wake up and she's like, you stole, or Haven starts arguing with him still, and she's like, you stole my runestones, and you tricked me, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, and he basically starts playing around with her in front of all these people, so she's getting flustered because she doesn't like being mocked or made fun of, and all these people she's never met before are there, so she's trying to make herself bigger and seem better, then she asks, is there a way that she can get them back and prove that she can be helpful, and she tries to ask to join them, and there, Archeron is sitting there and he's like I don't know you're not good enough you're not soulless you're a human you're mortal you can't do much and she's like what can I do to prove myself and literally at that moment a bunch of not shade lords but dark ones or devourers a bunch of noctis end up showing up and they attack her and the group and Archeron's like this is your chance to prove yourself and be part of our group so they end up fighting these beasts and they end up beating them and they win and at the end Haven ends up vomiting because she's human and she exerted a lot of energy and a lot of force so she's tired and exhausted so after this 
they allow her to join them in the journey. So they're walking. So we have a sun queen, we have a sun lord, we have an Ashari warrior who's kind of like a protector for the sun queen, and then we have a seer. The seer ends up having a pretty sad story. They found him, and he was like really, really messed up in the head. Or Well, we find out about this later during a chapter swap. The Ashari warrior, whose name is Sarai, and the sun queen, whose name is Rook, found him and they helped heal him back because he had been beat up and attacked really bad and Archeron like they're like a big group of siblings basically we find out not really but like the Ashari warrior and Archeron call each other spirit brother and spirit sister and the seer and rook are really close together so that's they're like just a happy little family so keep that in mind as we're going so while they're making the check to try and get to the dark kingdom and for well, I guess it's their goal altogether, since Archeron was tasked with saving the prince. As they're going to try and save the prince, they have to cross through a really creepy town. So they get to this kingdom. It's, it's a kingdom, not a town. So they get to this kingdom, and it's full of dead people. And there's like a whole story behind it. But they have to go into the kingdom, because that's where the key to breaking the curse is protected and kept safe from people. So they have to go in there. And it's very creepy, it's very eerie, I guess is the word to use. So they're coming up to it, and they rest outside of it. And so they wake up the next day, and they're like, it's battle day, we have to go fight and get the key to the curse, basically. So they go in there, and they get into where the curse is kept. And something about this place is, I'm not sure if I say this right, but we're gonna hope. There's a creature called a djinn in there. And it's basically a monster that is a spirit until it takes something from dead bodies and then it becomes corporeal. So they're in there, but the only way that the thing wakes up, or they had some time, but the way it wakes up is if someone is caught stealing something or if you're not true of heart or whatever and you get caught stealing something, it's going to wake up and attack you. So they have to keep that in mind when they're in there. So... Archeron goes up and he finds the curse and he starts to read not the curse but the key to the curse and he starts to read how they can break it and Haven decides this is the time that she can try and steal back the rune stones and I don't think she was thinking clearly when she did this because she didn't I guess she just didn't think about that as counting as stealing but when she takes the rune stones the djinn comes back and starts fighting them and this is problematic because during the battle Haven ends up trying to run away and she goes into a different room where she runs into a skeleton queen and an army of skeletons and it's very terrible and so she was trying to escape and it didn't work and so the battle that's going on with the four solace ends up pushing into the room with the skeleton army and the skeleton queen and Archeron is angry with Haven he's like why did you steal this stuff you knew what would happen if you stole it yet you still did it so they're all fighting and everything's battling and they end up being able to escape we also learn that in the realm of the Solus and the Noctis you kind of have like an eternal tie I guess you call it with people that can be made when you're young and you get rose necklaces or like not rose necklaces but a necklace with a flower in it that connects you to that person and it means you're gonna marry them and they can be broken, but it's really difficult. And like I said earlier, there's like a good representation of same-sex couples. Rook and Sarai are a couple. They're both females. And Rook ended up leaving an engagement because she didn't want to be married to a dude that she didn't love. She wanted to be married or wanted to be with the person that she did love. So that's some good representation for those out there. So Archeron, it turns out, is connected to the skeleton queen in there. 
and I don't remember her name, I just remember he called her Ava, which I guess was a, oh, her name was Queen Aveline, or Aveline, don't know how to say it, but he called her Ava as a nickname, and he's like, we don't have to do this, you know, whatever, like, they went over the whole relationship, because she was about to kill Haven, because she thought Haven was coming for her man, so they were able to escape, but we learned that during the battle with the djinn, Rook got hurt, to the point where if they weren't able to save her, she would die, and it was Haven's fault. And so I think during the battle before they left and before Queen Ava kicked them out, Haven had channeled dark magic. And this is bad because when you channel light magic, the queen can come get you. But when you channel dark magic, the devourers are able to get you and they can claim you. So that's what's about to happen is they're about to try and give up Haven to the devourer group so that they can get safe passage through the Bane and so that they can find a way to heal Rook because she is about to die. And they're hoping that with the runestones that Haven had, they will be able to get both of those and be safe and save their friend. So Haven is trying to get her way and not be given back to the people who kept her captive for forever and treated her terribly. So when they're traveling that way, she is flipping out and she's trying to gain favor again with the group because she does genuinely feel bad for causing the pain she did, but she was angry because her stuff got stolen. It just wasn't a situation that got handled well, basically. So on the way there, they tied her up so she couldn't use her magic because she doesn't know how to control the magic that she has. So they're on their way to the Bane and they're trying to putting out a thing or Haven's trying to find a way that to escape so that she doesn't get given back to her old captors and the dude's name is Damius so he's the dude who kind of tortured her for many years and was her enslaver or whatever and she's trying to bargain I guess you would say with Archeron and Sarai and get their favor so she doesn't have to be given back to them and so that she can walk and not be tied up anymore and they're almost to this camp that they're at I mean, and I'm not joking, even when they're sitting there and at a camp and they're resting, they leave her tied up and sitting on a horse. They won't let her get up and relax and rest before they go travel some more. So she like royally messed up. And so they're punishing her for that, basically. And so when they get closer to the camp, she's doing everything she can to not be turned into this dude who tortured her for so long. So she finds a way, it's called soul binding, which, or, okay, it's not soul binding. What that is, is she's able to connect with a creature or a person in the mind through their soul and control what they do or command them to do, well, yeah, it's controlling what they do, basically. So the other thing is, like, talking in the mind. So she was trying to show the memories, and she was only trying to show Archeron, but we later find out she showed everybody memories of how she was treated under the devourers and she's hoping that this is going to keep her safe but as they're getting closer to the camp Archeron doesn't show any sense of acknowledging that he heard anything going on or saw anything that she was trying to show him but again we later find out she showed everyone so as they get closer to the camp she's flipping out and then this wyvern flies overhead I think that's how you say it that's how I've heard that word said anyway a wyvern flies overhead and it has Damius on it, who's the dude who kept her captive, and she's panicking because she really doesn't want to go back. And so she's trying to channel all of her cool, and she's trying to chill out, and she's flipping out, though. Like, she's doing her best, but it's not working very well. So he lands down, and Archeron starts to try and bargain with him to get safe passage and to find healing for his friend. And the dude is basically like, N you, we can give you something to heal her, but we're not going to allow you safe passage. 
And so he expects the girl to be, or he expects Haven to get be given back to him because he believes he still owns her. Whack, in my opinion. But Archeron walks over and he cuts off Haven's restraints and he goes, don't make me regret this. And this is when a huge battle ensues. And basically they end up getting separated and Haven ends up on this bridge and it's over a big ravine. And the dude, Damius, is spirit casting which is when or soul casting i guess it was actually i don't know spirit casting where he can put his soul out but his body is in a different place and he's like come back his nickname for her was rose so he goes come back to me my rose and she goes no i don't want to i'd rather die and he says okay and tells his wyvern to burn the bridge that she's on so she's like fine whatever and she finds a way to use her magic to repair the bridge so that the solace crew can go and save bellamy and so the crew in Archeron think that Haven is dead. And something about this is no one's been able to break through to Archeron and break through his shell, as Sarai would say. And Haven was the first person to actually be able to do it in a very long time. So they think Sarai and the Seer think that Haven may be a potential, I guess, mate you would call it in this world for Archeron, but Archeron's like, no, not at all, I don't think so, so that's happening, well, plot twist, Haven didn't die, well, we knew this, but Haven didn't die, she actually got picked up by none other than Stolas, the Shadow Lord, so, the Shadow Lord picked her up because he wants her to break the curse, and she's like, why the heck would you want me to do that, everything's going great for you, and he's like, everyone's gonna end up dying if the curse takes out all of the human and mortal kingdoms, because that's the only way that the shadow people live, is by feeding off the souls of the light people so they're in a great predicament and Stolas is like I'm gonna train you in a way that will help you control your magic and then you're going to break the curse for me and she's like okay well I don't want to and he's like well it's either that or I kill you so she decides that she'll do it but not only for that so she can try and save Belle still and so that she can hopefully save the Sun Queen Rook. So the book actually ends with her going into the forest on a mission that Stolas sent her on. And at the end of the book, we also, so he, one of the first things he, the Stol, one of the first things Stolas asked Haven to do to start strengthening her magic was to reimagine her clothes that she had on when she fell into the ravine and make them appear again because he burns them and so she did it and she got giddy she was excited that she was able to do it so whenever she's in the bathroom changing into the clothes that she reimagined she finds a hairbrush with hair on it and it's white hair and she's like I don't see anyone else living here so at the end of the book Stolas is t it switches from Haven's perspective to Stolas's for the last chapter and Stolas is talking to someone, and it's a girl, but we don't know who it is. So we end the book on a cliffhanger. So this is where I'll give my review for it now. Like I was saying earlier, this book was one of the most difficult books to get into that I have ever read. And I tried my best, and I, I obviously finished it. And I am excited to read the rest of the books. It just took me so long to get into this book. And I'm someone who can, like, I can truck through a really hard book but this one was really difficult and in the end I am excited to see what happens next and I'm excited to record more about this book in this series the first book I'm gonna go ahead and rate it now I'm gonna rate this book a solid like 7 out of 10 because it was really slow but it was still good and it gave us sight into a bunch of characters and it did 
build the world which is necessary so i give it a solid seven i would recommend it i would just say if you're not someone who is very stubborn like me and you can't push through you probably won't like it but if you're someone who does like to try and finish a book or likes a challenge this is a book to read it's not necessarily hard content i guess you would say it's just boring that's all i have it was very boring for the first half of the book but other than that, it was pretty good. I liked the story and I am excited to continue. And with all that being said, I want to say thank you for listening to this week's episode of Spoiler Alert. I'm your host, Emily Renshaw, and be sure to come back next week for another episode. Goodbye.